Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Hebrews 11, 1-16, The Miracle of Faith. It's Pentecost Sunday, Nine in the church here. I analyze things. Unfortunately, sometimes I overanalyze things. And when it comes to issues of faith and scripture, I don't stop. I analyze also. For instance, if you stop and think about all the things that are working against faith, it's amazing that any of us have it to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, to trust in the goodness and the promises of God and walk in that faith daily in spite of all that happens in the world, to assault that faith, to have you turn away and not believe, it's pretty amazing. Is it because you're stubborn? Or is it because you're persistent in your faith? What holds you captive to your faith? So today we're going to talk about the miracle of faith. In Genesis 15, it relates a portion of the story of Abraham. Abraham in the Bible is often portrayed as the father of faith, the prime exemplar of someone who trusted in God's promises. Genesis 15 says, And Abraham believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to him as righteousness. So likewise, we find in Hebrews chapter 11, Abraham is lauded as the man of faith. Hebrews says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. The promised land, the promise of a multitude of descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, these promises Abraham believed. That's because that's faith. And that's why Abraham is so set forward as an example for us. He didn't do anything for that promise, not a single thing. A promise is given as a gift. Abraham simply believed it. He accepted it and lived according to that promise, expecting it. The expecting part is called hope, the surety of already having what has been promised. Think of Abraham's faith, though, especially in light of all that mitigated against it in the world, that tried to undermine that faith without doubt, with doubt. To begin with, going back to Genesis 12, the Lord called Abraham and told him to go to a land he had never seen, a land far, far away. What's more, the Lord told him he would make him a great nation. But at that point, Abraham didn't have any children at all let alone the makings of a great nation. Besides that, Abraham was an older man, and his wife Sarah was well past childbearing years, and she had never been able to have any children, even when she was younger. As nature runs its course, it looked like the deck was stacked against these crazy promises being fulfilled. And then Abraham had to wait many years after that initial promise before he and his wife finally had a child. If you look at it from the standpoint of reason or logic, human calculations, 
There's no way Abraham should have believed these wild and grandiose promises. It would be like someone saying, if you buy health insurance, you will always have good health. From time to time, though, Abraham did have his doubts. He became impatient with God and tried to take matters into his own hands, kind of helping those promises along. He tried to help God along in making the promises come true. Does that sound familiar? Do we ever do that? Pray for something and then try to help God along so that it comes true? Do we get tired of trusting in God to come through for us and it's taking just a little bit too long? But the Lord restored Abraham's faith when he faltered, and he kept guard of him in that faith. In other words, God was going to show Abraham that he is faithful to his promises, even despite the faltering fledgling in the faith. This is one reason we can call faith a miracle. The miracle of faith takes a miracle both to have faith in the first place and then to remain in that faith despite the attempts of Satan in this world to rob it. It takes a miracle because faith in God's promises is not simply a matter of saying, okay, sounds good, I'll believe it. It's not just a matter of human rationale, logic, and understanding. It's not a matter of your or my believing that makes faith true. That is, humanly speaking. Really, it's a matter of God speaking that causes faith in God's promises to be true. There are many obstacles in life working against your faith. Think about the believers mentioned in Hebrews 11. Take Abel for existence. It says, by, Abel, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Yes, Abel still speaks, but how might we be hearing him? Well, there I was, just going about my business, giving an offering to the Lord. But my brother got jealous of me, and one day he met me out in the field, and guess what? He killed me. Is that what I get for having faith in the Lord? That's how we might take the example of Abel. Trust in God and get murdered anyway. Betrayed by a member of his own family. Life is not always easy for people who have faith in God. In fact, it can be very difficult, downright dangerous. Persecution, suffering for the sake of the gospel, these things can threaten our life. We're tempted to think that God isn't looking out for us, that he doesn't care what happens to us. Oh, faith is a difficult thing for many reasons. Belief in Jesus Christ? How many of you here have ever seen Jesus, the author of your faith? And you believe he is the very Son of God come in the flesh? That he did all those miracles mentioned in the Bible? That his getting crucified somehow covers the sins of the whole world? And that he then rose from the dead on the third day? Tell me, when was the last time you saw someone rise from the dead? And you believe this? You see, this whole faith thing should be impossible. Yet you believe 
it must be a miracle, or else you're crazy. We're all crazy. All the millions and millions of Christians who have ever believed the gospel and held the faith, in spite of all the things we have not seen. You're staking your life and your life after death on this Jesus fellow that you've never met. Staking your life on it is the key to understanding faith and Matthew. Matthew 10, 37 to 39 says, Whoever finds his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life because of me will find it. In the first century church, believers were forced to renounce allegiance to anything but Caesar and made sacrifice and worship Caesar, burning incense before an altar. If they did not, they were killed. The temptation for the Christian was to preserve earthly life and forfeit faith, to give up their soul. The Christian who persisted in confessing Christ, even in the faith of losing their life, would, of course, find their life in Christ. St. John, in the book of Revelation, describes the faithful Christians whom he saw had kept their faith to the confession of faith, even in the face of death, as living and protected under the altar of the Lord, where the souls of the faithful are kept. John writes in Revelation 6, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been violently killed because of the word of God and because of the testimony they had given. When our world comes crashing down on us and there's no magical happy ending, when the biopsy come back malignant, when you didn't get that position at work or the ideal retired life you wanted, or when your spouse leaves you or when a child dies, when your child takes a wrong turn in life, perhaps does not keep coming to church. All these are temptations to ask, where is God? Your faith can be severely tested, severely shaken. You can be tempted to deny your first love, your faith in Christ Jesus. Faith in God's goodness faces a tough challenge at times like these. Putting on a happy face and pretending the problems don't exist won't cut it. Oh, I'm fine. Faith has to be able to deal with these adverse realities. What's the answer to these challenges to faith, these obstacles we all face in one form or another? It comes in the very word of promise that comes from God himself. It is God's word, that which creates and that which sustains the faith it calls us. Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 10, faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the preaching of the gospel. The gospel, therefore, produces hearing and faith. God's word is active. It's alive. It nurtures faith and strengthens the weary. It is dynamic and powerful. Therefore, I say faith is a miracle, because it is God's doing from start to finish, not a work of our own, as Ephesians 2 says. From God to the written word, to our ears, into our heart, then out of our mouth in confession. When our faith is challenged and tested, we need more of God's word. 
to hear his promises over and over again and again amid the world's onslaughts and Satan's arrows against us as we give up our lives by our confession and thereby live. We need to hear that gospel message even before your greatest onslaught, death, as the hymn says, Hold thou thy cross before my dying eyes. My grandfather, my grandmother on her deathbed made one final request of the attending pastor as he was reading from Luke chapter 2. You know, where Simeon prophesies about the baby Jesus as Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple for his dedication. Her request to the pastor, what did Simeon say? What did Simeon say? The pastor responded, Lord, now let your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared before the face of all people. She then fell asleep. We need more gospel, precisely in the moment that we are attacked. We always need to hear it. It's not a good luck charm. It's not positive thinking. It's as good as done. It is the substance and the reality of our hope. This is what will enable us to face those tests and come out with our faith still intact, perhaps even stronger. Faith is a miracle. For most of us, that miracle started in our baptism. There at the baptismal font, God put his name on us and made us his children. He put his claim on us and took us for his very own. There in the blessed waters of baptism, Christ's holy blood washed away our sins. The Holy Spirit was given to us, the Spirit who creates and nourishes saving faith in us and keeps us in the one true faith and whole life long. In my own case, for instance, I was baptized as an infant and raised in the church, and I cannot remember any time in my whole life when I did not believe two things. One, that the Bible is God's word, and two, that Jesus is my Savior. My story is but one of countless number of examples of how God's gospel promise, delivered in holy baptism, does the job. It works. It works faith in the Christian believer, sustained by an ongoing life in word and sacrament. Faith is not just a mere intellectual belief that there is some sort of higher power that is not saving faith. Keep the faith, brother. That's not saving faith. No, faith is believing in the one true God as he, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, has revealed himself to us in relationship with Israel and events throughout antiquity, testified by human eyes, and revealed to them and us in Holy Scripture through the preaching and teaching of the gospel. This gospel faith is focused in the person and work of Jesus Christ, who reveals the Father's heart of mercy to us, Jesus Christ, whom the Holy Spirit bears witness to and glorifies. This Jesus Christ is indeed the very Son of God, the only Savior sent from heaven. He is your Savior, the one who came to rescue you from sin and death, and to give you forgiveness and everlasting life in their place. Jesus did this by going to the cross for you, shedding his blood for you, that you might have these gifts. 
Jesus did this for you by rising from the dead, showing the power of his victory, which will be your victory also on the day when Christ returns and raises you to eternal life. These gifts are yours by grace, freely. Receive them by faith, freely. Faith takes hold of the promises of God, and all these promises are wrapped up in Christ. Now with this gift of faith, you will be able to make it through all the challenges and obstacles you face in life. In spite of all the adversities and setbacks and letdowns and uh, how come all this bad stuff is happening to me? In spite of all that, your faith in God's goodness will not be destroyed. Tested, yes, but not destroyed. You know that God is for you and with you even when it doesn't look like it. The ultimate proof is in the cross of Christ, and this is one thing you can hold on to when everything else is falling apart. The miracle of faith is a miracle because it is all God's doing. God working this faith in you and through his powerful dynamic word. This faith in Christ, your Savior, will see you through every obstacle you will face in life and on into the life to come. Dear Christian, praise God for his mighty work of giving you faith and keeping you in it. Amen. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.